Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. back for another edition of the Osmo.com MMA strategy shows. We're here to get you ready for UFC London, which goes down on Saturday afternoon inside the O2 arena there in London, England. Of course, we have already lost a fight on this fight card. I'll give you a little information that I have found out over the last 30 minutes or so about what is going on with that one. Of course, we are sponsored by prize picks later on in the show. We will talk to you about some prize picks plays. I was already over on prize picks and, you know, tell you, you got to get on prize picks on Thursday so you can get the best props that are out there. Get, get a little advantage on the field before these lines do start moving. Of course, as always, I am joined by the fighter Pete Rogers Jr. Good afternoon, Pete. How's it going, bro? What's going on, bro? How are you? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. You know, nice little uh, sunny day here in Florida. So it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a, a, a nice 77 degrees here. Yeah, rubbing it in. I think tomorrow we're supposed to have some nice weather. I mean, it's been weird. We've, we've had sunny days, warm days, then all of a sudden snowstorms and then crazy wind gusts and who knows it's new England for you. Of course, uh, a little uh, earlier today, it was learned that Vince Morales is off this fight card. He was scheduled to take on Nathaniel Wood. And uh, Nathaniel Wood, I wrote down here on my sheet, most confident plays, I put two names. Nathaniel Wood was one of those names I felt really confident about. Of course, he put a tweet out that talked about the, his fight being off. Uh, there was some, uh, I guess, people had, had jumped on this Instagram story of Davey Grant of how he took some gear to London. Um, but, uh, you know, work it, working the phones over the last 30 minutes, um, that, that fight's not going to happen. Uh, it sounds yeah. like Vince Morales, Daniel Wood, um, Daniel Wood put it on Instagram that, you know, he's looking to get that fight rescheduled. So, uh, unless something changes over the next, you know, couple hours, it does not appear that uh, Nathaniel Wood's going to be on this fight card. So we're now down to 12 fights in, in terms of game theory it really doesn't change anything. My mindset the only thing is, is just. Uh, I, I would now say that I have one extremely confident play. Um, and then there's some other, other fights that I'm kind of looking at that I do definitely favor one side over the other. Yeah, it's a shame that Nathaniel Wood couldn't uh, make his return on a card like this in London. Um, I'm pretty big on this, uh, Nathaniel Wood, and I have been for some time. And I thought it was a, a nice matchup against a, a Vince Morales, who um, seems to you know start to come into his own and, and having – some success within the UFC octagon, but uh, it's a shame. I want to see Nathaniel Wood get back in there ASAP. And uh, we have good, you know, 12 solid matchups on the card. 
um, headlined by my boy, Tom Aspinall, and I cannot wait to get into it. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to break this one down for you. Of course, you got any questions on the fights, leave those in chat here on YouTube or over in our Discord channel as we will answer those questions throughout the show. But let's get right into the main event. Alexander Volkov versus Tom Aspinall. 8,300 for Tom Aspinall, 7,900 for Alexander Volkov. And, I mean, look, a- anyone who has listened to you, Pete, they know uh, you've got uh, – you know, we talk about the, the Pete the Heat man crush list. <laughs> Tom Aspinall might be the top. Of, uh, no, actually, we, we, we all know Hamza Chimaev is the top of your man crush list. Tom Aspinall is probably number two. Now, look, do I want to get to a lot of Tom Aspinall? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I also I want to get to Alexander Volkov in this fight as well. I think this is one of these weeks as a main event. I just don't think you 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 can avoid. You got to have max exposure on this matchup. Here's what concerns me about Tom Aspinall. And we know that you love Tom Aspinall. Mm-hmm. My concern is if this fight makes it out of 10 minutes, 15 minutes, does he have the cardio to go up against a kickboxer like Alexander Volkov? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a fair question. And we don't know until he experiences something like that. And uh, I always say that I like to be a little bit early on a prospect or a fighter. Um, and I want to, you know, ride that wave a little bit before everybody else does. And they want to jump on the, jump on the bandwagon. Um, and uh, I think that Tom Aspinall can answer a lot of questions in a matchup like this. Now, he did mention that, uh, you know, prior to booking this fight, that he was in no rush to climb the ranks. Well, the UFC brass has, has different plans for him, and they definitely want to bring him along a little bit quicker. And I think that he wanted to take a, a slower approach and kind of like a, a slow burn within the division to, you know, work out some kinks and get a little bit more comfortable in the octagon. But uh, man, they throw a name at like Volkov at you. And I think it's a, an interesting matchup because you have a big guy in Volkov who has pretty good volume for the division, not necessarily a power puncher, but he can get by with some vicious kicks and some good combinations. And he's going to test you and, and he's going to dig at your body and he's going to see if you can make it five rounds. Now, I do think that Tom Aspinall brings a, a lot to this fight just because he has so many ways to win. Um, his hands are phenomenal. Uh, obviously a sparring partner of Tyson Fury. Um, his, his grappling is his roots. I mean, his dad is a very accomplished grappling school. So I think that, you know, we saw that evidence in the Andre Arlovsky fight. This is just a situation where the, the prospect is going up against the proven veteran where you, there are some question marks surrounding the prospect, but I'm telling you, I'm not too high on so many people, but I am pretty high on Tom Aspinall. And I think that he's going to answer a lot of questions come Saturday. So he did an interview on the ESPN MMA YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. being Tom Aspinall. And one of the things he talked about is he said, he goes, I understand I am at an inexperienced disadvantage here. He goes, Volkov's got the experience. He's fought the top guys. And he said, he, he, he know, he talked about the fact of him and, and his team had talked about, you know, Hey, we could take the slow route. And he goes, he goes, look, every fight in the UFC is tough. He goes, so I'm not trying to say they're going to give me another can, but I can fight another unranked guy, or I can go start fighting the top of this division. He decided to take that route. Okay. Well, I mean, that's good to, I mean, I, I think that it comes with confidence as well, right? Like uh, you, you always think that, you know, you, you forget to humanize some of these fighters within the top 10 and he's right there. Like he's, he's on the cusp of breaking into extremely contender type of territory. And I I think that a matchup like this is a nice matchup because, you know, Volkov's not going to be shooting takedowns 
And, you know, this could be a back and forth tit for tat type of fight where he's going to have to be extremely selective and uh, pace himself correctly. Because if he goes out there and empties his gas tank, Volkov, if you don't put him away, Volkov can easily come back and just the volume alone can start to chip away in win rounds. So I would agree and say that the uh, the salary on Volkov makes a ton of sense. And anybody getting to Volkov as like an underdog, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, and I'm a big Tom Aspinall backer. I think that this can get stretched out. And I'm still picking Tom Aspinall pretty handily. But as far as underdogs, there aren't too many that really like make me want to put them into a, a group on Fantasy Cruncher. But, uh, you know, I could see where Volkov's going to become pretty popular because of the five-round nature. Yeah, I mean, one of the things about Aspinall, he did spend some time in Holland working mm-hmm. with kickboxers. Also, he brought in taller fighters with Muay Thai backgrounds to help him get ready for this matchup. But, I mean, look, the, the big question with Aspinall is we've seen this guy go out there and dominate. Yeah. My, my, my only question I have with him, and, and look, I'm with you. I think the ceiling is super high on this guy. To me, ceiling is UFC heavyweight champion. My only concern is if this fight gets to the third, fourth, fifth round, will that cardio be there? That's my only question on it. But to me, this is going to be a fight that I, I want to have maximum exposure to. Of course, be sure to smash that thumbs up button. That definitely helps us out a ton, helps out with the YouTube algorithm. Also, if you're not a also plus member, you want to get a peek what's behind the paywall. It says free premium data and tools, our NBA player projections and NHL ownership projections also. We have our podcast giveaway going on right now. So uh, be sure to support the MMA guys here. Go over to Osmo MMA, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave that five-star rating and review with your Twitter username, Twitter handle, or Osmo Plus username. You can be like my guy, JP underscore 2911 was on uh, over there seeing that he left us a nice five-star review. So I appreciate that. And uh, be sure to uh, leave us and get you in that podcast giveaway. We'd be entered to win a free month of also plus platinum. When you leave a five-star rating and review review. Now let's move over to the co-main event. We got Dan Hooker taking on Arnold Allen, Dan Hooker returning to the 145 pound division after a run there at lightweight. And he is uh, 8,200, 8,000 for Arnold Allen. Uh, very intriguing lightweight matchup here, Pete. Yeah, well, it's an intriguing featherweight matchup because we got Hooker coming down back to featherweight, which kind of blows my mind that a guy who was humongous for the, the lightweight division had prior success as a featherweight, now looking to find success. And we see that a lot, right? Like when fighters start to hit a rough patch, they start to you know, try to find answers and by dropping weight or changing weight classes, a lot of fighters think that that's the solution. And sometimes it is Jason, right? Like sometimes it is, you got to find your natural weight class. Um, some fighters perform better, you know, like Jorge Masvidal, um, you know, preferred to be at 170 or whatever. So um, I feel like for Dan Hooker at this stage of the game, with all the damage that he's accumulated throughout his career, I am a little bit worried about him dropping so much weight because the more weight that you drop, the more it's going to affect your your cardio and the more it's going to affect your chin. Um, obviously, Dan Hooker's been in there in some wars, but he does himself no favors. He does himself no favors. He throws himself into the fire and like his resume speaks for itself, which is good, right? Yeah, he's battle tested. But with all of that said, he's he's had to withstand a ton of adversity. So as far as like, uh, you know, having that dog in him, Dan Hooker 100% has that dog and has that fight from bell to bell. He's going to fight for your money. So I can understand why people want to get behind a guy like that. 
Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the Neural Quantum Processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. But I feel like people may not still fully believe in Arnold Allen. And I think it's his striking defense that could end up being the difference maker here. I think that Dan Hooker is pretty hittable. His aggressiveness and his striking output is exceptional. Um, he has a sneaky jujitsu game as well. Good chokes and, uh, you know, strong wrestling showcased in the Nasrat Hakparas fight. But I fully expect Arnold Allen, despite the five inch, you know, reach disadvantage. I, I expect Arnold Allen to be one of my guys that I'm going to get to at 8,000. I know that if you look at his box scores, he hasn't really performed the best. But Dan Hooker is like, um, I don't know, it's kind of like uh, a, a a fantasy fight that you want to get to just because of like the atmosphere. Dan Hooker's going to make you fight at his pace. He's going to bring the tempo. And I think a guy in Arnold Allen is going to have to really increase his output in aggressiveness if he wants to be victorious over Dan Hooker. So oddly enough, I know a lot of people like Dan Hooker this week, and I love Dan Hooker. Like, I love watching all his fights, all his his vlogs and all that stuff, but I'm picking Arnold Allen here, Jason. My thing uh, where we're concerned me about Arnold Allen is how does he handle the the volume and the pace mm-hmm. that Dan Hooker is going to bring in the fight? And look, it's a great point you bring up about going down 145 pounds. I, I want to say it was like, I don't know, about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, Dan Hooker put this thing out about basically, you know, he was like at 3% body fat. Like, yeah, just some unreal number. And, and for those who are unaware, Pete has fought at 145 before. Um, Pete's never seen 146, I think, on the scale ever again. <laughs> damn right i have not <laughs> i i have a very similar very similar frame to dan hooker and i know how it was to get down to 145 and it sucked um and i i do know that going it's one thing to to really just stay at 145 but to then create a career at 155 and then try to search for answers and go back down when you already put on mass i don't know man i just think that you're kind of grasping for straws and the skill set speaks for itself with Dan Hooker. It's nothing about his skill set. It's more about how I just, I really believe in Arnold Allen as a prospect. I really think that this guy has the goods. I, I, he, to me, has always been kind of a cash games type player as opposed to a GPP player. Uh, but this may be the fight that it brings out. Uh, mentioned a comment o- over on YouTube. It says, I like Hooker, but if this goes to scorecards, I will trust those UK judges. They could rob him and give it to Allen. One thing to notice with, when, when the UFC goes in markets like the UK, um, they have a lot of say on, on who's going to be the judges. Um, mm-hmm. So you're going to see a lot of the, the more notable names. Um, when it comes to MMA judges. So just something to put in there. But uh, when it does come to British judges, there there definitely does tend to be more of a siding when it comes to more striking-based as opposed to more grappling-based. Next up, we got a matchup of – here's what I just wrote down on Patty Pimblett. Hype or real deal? Oh, wow. 
Okay. Look, now this is question. this is a showcase fight for me for Patty Pimblet. Here, here's where long term, here's what scares me about Patty Pimblet. It's very clear the guy does not take his diet seriously after fights. He balloons. Yeah, I know. Um, like that. I mean, I, I mean, look, it's bro. You should see some of these no, pictures I, I after have. fights. I have, bro. <laughs> I'm I mean, telling you, I know, I know a couple of people that literally do the same exact thing. He he looks like Habib at that point. The yeah. way Habib is walking around right now, um, ninety four hundred, sixty eight hundred for Vargas. I'm going to tell you this right now. You go back to his UFC debut of Patty Pimblett. There are some things that concern you. I'm just saying, I'm going to take a stab at Vargas in multi entry. Okay, it's fair. It's completely fair, and I I can't hate on you for that. Um, I think that. Kazula Vargas or Rodrigo Vargas or whatever he wants to go by. I think that, um, you know, at 60, 6,800, he is an okay dart throw, just given the volatility surrounding Patty Pimblett outside the UFC. And even in the UFC, we did see that there are some holes still in his game and that the correct matchups could exploit it. And that's why I think the, the uh, management of Patty Pimblett has been extremely selective with who they pick to go up against him and they've been very smart like they have a very good management team making sure that they don't screw anything up because they, they want him to be the cash cow and and you know he speaks really really well but i do feel like he has improved from the regional scene i thought that his striking did look a little bit better um i think that he has some uh unique dexterity in his legs and was whipping head kicks up there in pretty impressive fashion and uh you know i'm not too impressed with a lot of people's kicks. And I thought Patty Pimlet was throwing decent head kicks. And uh, Kazula Vargas is a guy who I think is always game to kind of spoil a party, but I don't view him in high regard in a matchup like this, because I do think that Patty Pimlet has an edge on the ground and oddly enough has an edge on the feet. It's the striking defense of Patty Pimlet. That's going to make you like be on the edge of your seat mm-hmm. when he exits range with his chin square up in the air and, uh, you know, you're kind of like, oh, get your hands back up move your head a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's one of the most elementary things to be taught within a striking school is keeping your chin tucked. And obviously coaches must be working with him on that. I just don't feel like there are some people that you just can't get through to. Um, with all that being said, I think that Patty Pillman is an excellent, excellent option at 9,400. Cause I do think that he can submit Kazula Vargas and, uh, I even think that he could get a, a, a TKO finish. I just feel like he's going to be a step ahead in all areas. I went back and watched some some tape on Kazula Vargas. And, you know, obviously the, the Rongju fight kind of threw everybody for a loop. Rongju landed three takedowns um, in his debut. Alex De Silva landed three takedowns. I think that, you know, Patty Pimblett, if he chooses to take this fight to the mat, it's going to completely outclass him. And even on feet, I think that he's going to be uh, – I think he's he's gonna have an edge there with a with a nice right hand or a right head kick. So uh, give me Patty Pimlet at ninety four hundred, but I'll have Kazula Vargas probably like five percent of lineups, ten percent depending on the size of the contest. Uh, mentioned a couple of questions here that kind of yeah. <clears throat> relate on some of the things I said there. You know, one was about you know why is Pimlet uh, served up the lamps to slaughter? Look, the UFC and oh, Patty Pimlet's management. They are going to pick the appropriate fights. There is a reason that when Dana had kind of put Jared uh, uh, Gordon Jared out Gordon, there, yeah. um, that was not a great fight for Patty Pimblett. 
Mm-hmm. And I think there's a reason that managers said, okay, no, let, let's not go there. I mean, the, the UFC, they believe they potentially have something uh, in him. Um, I also say this with what happened this week. I don't think there's a chance in hell. Patty Pimlet's management will go for a fight against Ilya Taporia at this point. If, because I think Taporia would uh, not make Patty Pimlet look very good. Hey, man, that was such a strange situation. It just goes to show you that when, when people are starting to get like a, a a hype from the media or something, you have other fighters that, you know, are kind of like, well, why am I not getting my deserved shot? Or or just why aren't people talking about me? But I, I would agree with you. At this stage of the game, Ilya Taporia looks like he would uh, dismantle Patty Pimblett in, in some sequences. But we'll have to see if that fight goes on in the future. I, I definitely think that they should work towards that in the future, but let a couple of uh, fights materialize before then. Yeah. I mean, look, these are, I think these are type of fights you're going to see with Patty. I mean, look, I I expect him to go out there and win, but in terms of multi-entry, I I do want to take a dart throw on on Vargas because as you mentioned, the one thing that does concern you with him is a little bit of that striking defense. And we saw that kind of on display there uh, in his last fight. Of course, so if you haven't checked out our premium betting pick subscription, now is the time as today is the last day to take advantage and subscribe to our betting picks to score channel for $10 off with the promo code. Let me see those picks. One word, all caps. Let me see those picks. Each day, Alex Osmo Baker, Ben Rossa, and Steve Nicole Buzzer use Osmo's industry link projection models to identify the best ROI situations, provide catered snapshot betting analysis in an actionable time frame. So check out today's best bets and take advantage of that deal. A deal does expire today. Get $10 off uh, to use that promo code. And those guys have absolutely been killing it. And of course, uh, today, the start of March madness of the tournament really kicking off. You got to take advantage of that offer that we have going on right now. Let's move next up to a matchup between Gunnar Nelson and Takashi Sato. Takashi Sato, 7,000. Gunnar Nelson, 9,200. I mean, look, I I think this is really simple, Pete, about whether if you tell me Gunnar Nelson gets this one to the ground, I think he's going to get a submission pretty easily. But if he can't get it to the ground, I do have some concerns. I'm a little intrigued with this matchup, to be honest, and where like some people will be be like reaching to put Kazula Vargas in their lineups. I think I'd much rather pivot to a guy in Takashi Sato given his volatility, regardless, like I, I know that if he gets taken to the mat, Gunnar Nelson's going to make him look like he's never done jujitsu a day in his life. And he's going to, you know, wear on him, incorporate ground and pound and, and work towards a submission finish where Takashi Sato, it's been his Achilles heel in the past. Um, but Gunnar Nelson has been away from the cage for some time and inactivity is always an X factor when, when you're breaking down fights, especially because you don't know how certain fighters are going to respond to a situation like this. So for me, like I will have some Kazula Vargas and obviously like when we're breaking down these fights, guys, we're talking about like mass multi entering like 150 max when I'm talking about, you know, getting to certain, you know, exposure levels. Takashi Sato, I think I'd I'd rather have a little bit more um, than, than Kasula Vargas, just because I think that he has unique striking. And then when he touches people, people crumble. And we have seen Gunnar Nelson get, get chinned at sometimes. And, uh, he's not a guy that really believes in having his hands up by his face a lot. He, he bounces around a lot in like a karate esque type of stance. Uh, he'll blitz forward with an attack. And then when he decides to take it to the mat, that's when he has his best success. And, uh, 
His movement is key. If he does not move, he's going to be a sitting duck for that straight left hand from Takashi Sato. So I think the odds are a little too wide. But with all that being said, like, there's nothing... Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever that I know of for me to like outright pick Takashi Sato in a situation like this. Like I have to pick what, who I think is the better overall fighter and who has a clear path to victory. And I think that Gunnar Nelson has a clear path to victory of just taking Takashi Sato down to the mat and uh, working towards a submission. But if I didn't tell you that I was nervous about a situation or a fight like this, I'd be lying. So uh, tread carefully here, but the pick is Gunnar Nelson. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like Gunnar Nelson in matchup, but as I mentioned, you know, there is some kind of concerns there. I mean, you know, Gunnar Nelson, you think, man, it wasn't that long ago. This guy was just viewed yeah. as one of the top prospects in the game and, and how much he's, uh, in a way, falling down. Next up, we got a female matchup, Molly McCann taking on Luina Carolina. Carolina, 7,800, 8,400 for Molly McCann. A seven-inch reach advantage for Carolina in this matchup, Pete. Yeah, and I you know, usually like to get to Molly McCann because she has a high volume. She brings the pace and she'll work towards takedowns as well. Um, I think that she could be met with some resistance in a matchup like this where Luana Carolina is like the statue of Liberty Liberty compared to her. And I, I think that the seven inch reach advantage for Carolina could be the difference maker on the feet. The long rangey striker um, can match the output and she's had high volume affairs as well. And I think that her takedown defense has gotten gotten better, improved over time. Um, she'll still get taken down, but she can work back to her feet. And then she just really tries to, to win the judges back by putting on a higher volume. Um, it hates, it pains me to say, and I hate to say this, but I think I got to side with Luana Carolina just because I feel like it's a close matchup and there aren't too many underdogs that I like. I would love to get behind Molly McCann. I just feel like the frame and strength of Luana Carolina could be the difference maker here. Um, Molly McCann chains together takedowns great. And, you know, she has multiple fights where she's thrown over 100 significant strikes. Priscilla Cachuera, 107 strikes, two takedowns. Ariana Lipsky, 108 strikes, two takedowns. Ji Young Kim, 127 strikes, two takedowns. But what happens if she's met with extreme resistance on those takedowns? And, uh, Luana Carolina in a fight against Priscilla Cachuera, which is, you know, like, you know, just, just hitting an everlasting punching bag, 111 significant strikes in a matchup like that. So I'm going to pick the fighter who's the underdog in a close fight. So give me Luana Carolina and I'll kind of just cover my eyes and hope for the best in a situation like that. You know, the, the reach is advantage for Molly McCann, where the reason I think it doesn't scare me as much in this fight is just, I know she's going to come forward. And she's gonna and she's gonna get in that pocket, and, and you know where some fighters may try to be, you know, a little more selective. I just feel like, I mean, look, we, we've seen her. I mean, you know, she is willing to take two punches and land one for sure. 
you know, so that that's just kind of where I'm at with that one. Now I mentioned about my confident play of the, the card and some matchup, and that is Ilya Taporia taking on Jai Herbert. Ilya Taporia, 9,300. Jai Herbert, 6,900. I love Taporia in this matchup. Um, I think he can get done striking. I think he can get done with a submission. Um, he is my most confident play of the card. I don't blame you. I just, I don't like him at this weight class at 155 pounds. And obviously we have to worry about like, what's going on with his weight issues and, and what's going on and what class is he really going to belong to And has it just been like a, you know, let's just take a, a fight by fight type of basis is, was there an injury underlying that's led to him being unable to make certain weights, uh, 155 pounds, you're starting to talk about a frame issue. And I have a few of my fighters that I have to talk to them. Like they're heavier guys, but they're short. And I'm like, you really are at such a disadvantage in, in your weight class because of it. Like, you know, I want you guys to get a little bit lower in weight so that, you know, your stature starts to meet other people within the division. You're not constantly at a significant reach disadvantage. Like Jai Herbert is six foot one to uh, Taporia is five foot seven. Jai Herbert has a 77 inch reach. Taporia has a 69 inch reach. Like, I feel like the skill gap is massive between these two. Uh, Ilya Taporia is definitely the more skilled fighter, but if Jai Herbert has a way to win, it's by putting together aggressive combinations and, you know, he, he shoot, he showed that against the, uh, comma worthy, but a lot of people don't know, like comma worthy has been knocked out multiple times. And, uh, I, it seemed to be like a, a softball matchup for Jai Herbert. If he was who we thought he was, um, he got back to winning ways, which was great. But I think that Taporia can, you know, get inside, dig to the body a little bit, mix in some takedowns. And I think the takedown threat, the jujitsu should be the difference maker here. If things get ugly, because, Herbert's going to bring it, man. Herbert is definitely going to bring it, but I'm back in Taporia as a prospect within the division. And just like a, a, a high-end prospect moving forward, like he's within my top five prospects. You know, you got Aspinall, you got Hamza. Taporia's in the top five for sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, look, it's he's going to be a core play for me, uh, whether we're talking GPP or cash. I really like him. Here in this spot, of course, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Be sure to use the promo code AWESOMO when you sign up over at Prize Picks for a up to a hundred dollar first match deposit bonus. And you can get one free month of also plus platinum when you sign up, deposit, and play over at Prize Picks. Of course, you'll receive an email within 24 to 40 hours to redeem your free month of also plus platinum. And Pete, there are two props that I saw over there this morning that that stuck out to me and they're both underplaced for me over on fight time I like the under Gunner Nelson eight and a half I don't hate it I don't hate it I'm just so confused to see what Gunner Nelson's going to show up but okay I don't hate it <laughs> and on takedowns I like the under Arlen Allen one and a half I think Hooker keeps the fight on the feet yeah, I think Hooker has some some sneaky take down the fence and uh, just the frame of himself. He can keep it on the feet. Um, still back in Allen, but I agree with you with that prop. Yeah, those are really the two that that really stuck out to me. But, you know, when you're over there at Price Pitch, you got to kind of look around. And there may not be a prop you really like now, but it may get to later on in the week that maybe it, it moves one way or the other. Uh, fight time and takedowns are, are the two that I really love to play over there at Prize Picks. So be sure to check out our sponsor there, Prize Picks. And of course, uh, be sure to use that promo code OSMO for instant first match deposit of up to $100. Uh, mentioned a question here from Samuel uh, for UP he says, How are fires a churn to be in a certain weight class? I know the answer to this question, but I'll throw it over to you since he asked you. Uh, first, you know, see what your, 
you know, natural weight is that you're walking around at. Um, so say like a guy's walking around at 185 pounds, obviously we would probably wouldn't want him to fight at middleweight. And, uh, if there is some weight to lose, we'd probably say, you know, based on his stature, um, you know, you go about 10, 15 pounds, a little bit more depending and, uh, just a weight class that makes sense. So like welterweight in a situation like that would make a little bit of sense. You don't traditionally want to fight at your natural walking weight. I know a lightweight that walks around 190. Yeah, I know. I know some as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I was talking to Jalen Turner. Uh, on my show oh, earlier this week he's a massive human being man My and he good. talks about that he's like he goes people think he goes he's like and i, I said goes your length he's a tall skinny yeah. guy so he, he looks like he's massive but he's like he goes dude i walk around like 175 180 yeah he doesn't um, cut a ton of weight so i have a fighter i have a couple of them and uh he's like 5 10 so like, you know, he's still an amateur. So like, you know, finding fights at about 225 makes a lot of sense. But I'm like, dude, look at these guys at heavyweight. Like you are at a complete disadvantage. I need you to get to 205 with a possibility of getting to 185. Like that's where your stature makes a lot more sense than fighting guys that are six foot four minimum at 265 pounds. Well, I mean, and a lot of this goes into the height and reach. Like look at Fletcher last week. I think he's fighting one weight class up that he I should agree, be. Yeah. I think I think he needs to be fighting weight class down. And and you kind of saw as that fight went on where the bigger guy was able to take over. I think he should be fighting at 55 mm-hmm. as opposed to fighting at 170 pounds. Let's move on to the next matchup. And uh, I, I just call this matchup as uh, losers like are getting cut. And that's Mike Grundy and Maquan Americani. Americani, 7,700, 8,500 for Grundy. And the note I wrote down this fight is we have two guys who have shown their ability to take the fight to the ground. Mm-hmm. Does that equal a stand-up fight? I mean, usually it does, right? Um, then sometimes two strikers that have been working on the grappling so much, it turns out to be a grappling match. Um, I'm, inter- I'm interested in this matchup for sure. I'm not necessarily interested in the price point because I feel like this can get stretched out. Uh, Amir Khani burst onto the scene as being, you know, a very flashy striker uh, for like a couple seconds and then getting back to his bread and butter, which is, you know, high takedowns and uh you know just kind of like outworking his opposition and and working towards quick submission finishes but as people started to figure him out a little bit and once he's met with some resistance that gas tank is a little suspect Uh, mike grundy on the other hand has a high work rate for his wrestling as well um i do think that if you go back and you see who he's fought Movzar ivloev and lando venata Two guys that obviously Evloev is going to, you know, be in high regard in a lot of people's mind. But I feel like people don't really know how skilled Lando Venata is in the wrestling department. And Lando Venata can defend takedowns really well. I've seen it firsthand when I was over at Jackson's for a little bit training. And uh, Mike Grundy, you know, he really struggled. And when you have guys that are so used to getting the takedown, um, obviously it's going to be taxing and it becomes a striking affair. And you know, I'm, I'm worried about both of these guys as far as like gas tanks, but I think that Mike Grundy is the A side of this fight for sure. I have more faith in him. I think that his punches are a little bit better. I don't think that he has uh, levels of quit in him that where Maquan Amir Khani does. And I do think that Amir Khani can somewhat, uh, you know, give up a uh, position when, when the going gets tough. And Mike Grundy's just style of wrestling, good top heavy pressure, good heavy hands, 
a stoppage wouldn't necessarily surprise me, but just given how how these guys tend to go in their fights, I'm picking Mike Rundy at 8,500. I can't get behind Amir Khani this week just because I don't think that his takedowns are going to be there. I, I don't I don't see a ceiling for him in a situation like this. Outside of Grundy getting sloppy, leaving his head out there and getting choked, I don't see how Amir Khani really pulls off a victory here. I'm not one to really underestimate somebody. Um, he could definitely do it, and he's probably making adjustments throughout his camp. But it's Mike Grundy for me, Jason. 8,500 is fine, and he could find himself a finish, but I think more often than not, he finds himself into a dominant win. Yeah, I mean, I'm much rather get to Mike Grundy. And this is one of those fights that I, mean, God, I feel like this is potentially a fight that ends up in the optimal lineup just because of uh, the potential finishing ability with both of these guys. That was just kind of my my thought in, in terms of this mm-hmm. one. Next up, we got a heavyweight matchup. Shamil Abdul-Rahimov taking on Sergey Pavlovich. Pavlovich, 9,700 for Abdul-Rahimov. First fight since 2019 for Sergey Pavlovich. Um, all three of his fights in the UFC have ended in the first round. Um, you know, so, I mean, look, this is, it's heavyweight MMA. And, yeah. uh, but one of the things that would concern me is, you know, I think you always say about MMA, heavyweight MMA, good chance it ends in the first round, or it could be a boring 15 minute fight. For sure. And guys, we appreciate your support like crazy. And if you've been listening to this channel, you know that when we talk about heavyweight MMA or women's MMA, that we need to sprinkle the underdogs just regardless, like, like we, we have to get exposure there because the volatility of the fights. And, uh, you know, Abdurahimov is in a situation here where he's a little bit more acclimated in the cage than Pavlovich. Um, I do think that there is a ton of damage, you know, on his body. And I don't necessarily know if the chin is there anymore. And in a, in a fight against Pavlovich, who, uh, you know, is such a KO guy, man. He really is. If he can keep this fight on the feet, I think that he finds a knockout. Um, I feel like his wrestling... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He can negate some takedowns. It's just when a heavyweight gets on top of somebody, I'm always so worried. Like sometimes in heavyweight, it just needs one takedown, right? You know what I mean? Like one takedown, you got a big body guy on you. And now you're either getting TKO'd, ground and pounded, or you're exhausted. And then going forward, you're not the same fighter. So that's why we see upsets in heavyweight MMA a lot. Um, I'm going to side with Pavlovich, despite the slight inactivity. I think that he possesses some unique KO upside in comparison to some of these other fighters within this range. Um, I am not necessarily sold on him as like a, an Uber prospect moving forward. But uh, I think that, you know, given his age and just the threat on the feet and, you know, possible improved takedown defense, I think that he's going to win this fight. I just think that Abdurahimov is shot. Um, I thought that Tom Aspinall against Abdurahimov 
you know, made a little bit more sense. And that was somewhat of a, a gradual step up in competition. Uh, Aspinall going to Volkov is, you know, a massive step up in competition. But with all that being said, I, I'm siding with Pavlovich at 9,000. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I, you know, much rather get Pavlovich than I'd rather getting to Shamil Abdul-Rahimov. Then we got a matchup between light heavyweights, Nikita Krylov and Paul Craig. Paul Craig, 7,500. Nikita Krylov, 8,700. Paul Craig is a guy that uh, I almost rather just Paul just pull guard and just try to get this fight to the ground because it, to me, if you tell me this fight plays out on the feet, I, I do I do like uh, the key of crowd in this position. But man, if he gets to the ground, I, that's where I want to get some sprinkles of Paul Craig. It's twenty twenty two, and never in my life would I ever have thought that I'd be back in Paul Craig, and I am, I am. It's weird, man. It's it's crazy. So like. This fight in general um, is is probably going to make it into the optimal lineup because we have seen volatility surrounding both of them. Uh, Nikita Krylov will have the the striking advantage in a situation like this for sure. Like he has the the better hands and legs, puts it together. He's a little bit more of a pretty striker, whereas Paul Craig is like a bruiser and he will throw thunderous hands, which is actually something sneaky. And he'll he'll go you know right with you with combinations and his lack of care of getting taken down or put on his back makes him very, very dangerous. That's why like a lot of wrestlers and a lot of grapplers have some like an ace up their sleeve is because they don't care if they hit the mat. So they're going to go out there and they're going to swing and they're going to throw whatever they want recklessly because if you take them down, they're at home. Um, I like several things from Paul Craig and it's how when it does hit the mat, he's constantly off balancing you. He will manipulate your body by working in you know, he, he will literally use his legs as an extension of his arms. He will off balance you. He will get butterfly hooks. He will, he will go X guard. He will constantly make you feel off balanced on the ground, which will lead to sweeps or threatening positions. And, uh, I do feel like, you know, Nikita Krylov is a very talented grappler in his own right. I just have a feeling, man, Paul Craig has looked better than ever. And I understand that there is amazing competition on both sides of their resumes, but Paul Craig at 7,500, he's done the unthinkable. He just submitted Jamal Hill, like in brutal fashion. And we've seen the prospect that Jamal Hill's turned into. So Jason it's 2022, but give me Jamal Hill. Uh, but this is a fight that I'm going to have massive ownership to. Yeah. It's just one of those things. Uh, what concerns me about Paul Craig is if, what if it doesn't hit the ground? That That's my concern. Yeah. I, I like Paul Craig in the in the matchup and uh, it's even on the feet. I feel like Nikita Krylov is going to constantly look for a takedown as well, just because they want to test each other in areas and leaving a neck out there or an arm or anything. I think that a guy in Paul Craig can take advantage of it. Um, all, regardless, I view this fight as an optimal fight. So I'm going to have plenty of Nikita Krylov, but I'm picking Paul Craig as an underdog in a week where underdogs aren't my favorite. Next up, we've got the undefeated Jack Shore taking on Timber Valley of Jack Shore, 7,600. Timber Valley of 8,600. I will tell you, when I first saw the salary on this one, Jack Shore was like, ooh, that's kind of a tempting number. For sure. I mean, I think everybody's going to like the popular Jack Shore, and I like him as a prospect too. I like him because of his overwhelming grappling and, and strong takedowns and all that. Uh, I think that his striking is improving. I just don't know if he can out grapple uh, Timur Valiev. Like, you know, mm -hmm. uh, anybody can be a back chaser and, and work towards your back. 
And that's where I think a guy in Jack Shore can kind of make this a closer fight than if he was just going out there shooting traditional double leg takedowns or, or other takedown attempts. Um, if he can really, really work on getting an underhook and it just constantly fighting for the angle, if Timur Valiev does not have that wizard or he starts to turn his back slightly, that's where a guy in Jack Shore's skill level can capitalize. I agree with you. Jack Shore might be the most popular underdog on the slate next to Alexander Volkov. I just feel like on the feet that Timur Valiev, despite having a suspect chin, it seems, I feel like he might be a step ahead and like his variety of striking um, and his, if he wants to keep the fight on the feet, I think that he can. And I even think that he can incorporate takedowns, but why the heck would you want to do that against Jack Shore? So for me, it's Timur Valiev, despite like, if you look on his, his record, it's like, yeah, you know, Trevin, that Trevin Jones one does not look good, especially how Trevin Jones yeah. just lost uh, to, to Javi Basharat, right? Like if Trevin kept going and looking like, you know, a dark horse within the division, then I get it. But like, it's just such a random outcome and a guy that's been ching checked multiple times, a guy in Jack Shore, pretty similar to Paul Craig does not care if he gets taken down. This guy could start throwing like crazy and could find a, a KO eventually. It's going to happen. The more you fight, the more likely you're going to find a finish on the feet. So uh, give me Timur Valiev for now. Uh, but this is another fight that's extremely interesting. Next up, we've got a female matchup at 115 pounds. Corey McKenna, 8,800, taking on Elise Reed, 7,400. Kind of the crazy one with this one, Pete, is Elise Reed is an animal weight. And yeah. she fought at 125. But even here at 115, she has got a five-inch reach advantage. But I, I still like Corey McKenna in this fight. Yeah, I agree, man. I was really trying. So like every week, you know, I, I don't even look at the salaries and I look at extensive footage and trying to find ways that these fighters can win. And like, I'm trying to talk myself into an Elise Reed win. And the more I keep thinking about it and the more I keep going back on that regional tape, it's just like, I don't know, man, I just don't see it. Like, and a lot of her fights, she's in bad positions and then she will reverse a position, whether it's luck, whether it's skill, um, but the, the common denominator is that she's constantly in poor positions, which is not a good thing at the UFC level, right? Because you're not going to be able to reverse positions as often. And it's finding victories is hard enough. Never mind putting yourself into a hole. Um, I do think that Corey McKenna, I, I have some little worries about her with her, her medical history going on. And, um, anytime that somebody's, you know, suffered from tremendous amount of concussions, you worried about them getting hit with a bat with, with a big shot and whether quitting on the stool or getting knocked out. But as far as skill set wise, taking, taking all that noise out of the equation, I think that Corey McKenna just has more skills than, uh, than Elise Reed. I think that she can put good combinations together. She's like a young Molly McCann, but better, uh, you know, good boxing combinations, sneaky wrestling upside. And uh, this could be a situation where, you know, Elise Reed's going to want to keep it on the feet and throw heavy, heavy kicks, good Taekwondo background, uh, background. But I just feel like when it gets ugly, you could see Corey McKenna start to utilize some wrestling, which definitely gives her a high ceiling in a matchup like this. So give me Corey McKenna in a, with a possible, possible route of victory via submission. Um, I just feel like on the mat, Elise Reed is just a fish out of water. 
Yeah. And of course, the opening fight of the night will be Muhammad Makayev taking on Cody Durden. Makayev, 9,100, 7,100 for Durden. Makayev is a guy that I've been hearing about since he was an amateur, put together an unbelievable uh, amateur record. I want to say 20 and 0, 21 and 0, something, something along those lines. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, the only, the only, the question I have about him is I, I do wonder if there has been a rush to get here to get all these fights in such a short time. Uh, I'm not, th- I mentioned about some of the notes I've written down. My note on Cody Durden, does he have more than one round uh, of cardio? Yeah, probably not. And the thing is, right, when you see these prospects, you know, burst onto the scene or, or come into the UFC, something that's always interesting is like, are they fighting a UFC caliber fight inside the UFC? Or is this a regional MMA fight at the UFC level? And I feel like Cody Durden is like a regional MMA fight at the UFC level, right? Like if, if Makayev does not get a victory here, then it could have been a lot of hype um, and not necessarily skill, but I, I could tell you from watching film that there is plenty of skill here. And uh, his wrestling seems to be an extremely aggressive slam heavy type of wrestling where he's constantly working towards the back and trying to suplex you on your head. We could literally see a, a KO via slam. Uh, I'm not even kidding. He suplexes people on his head, on their heads at all times. Um, there was another fighter, I think. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Who uh, was he? Lightweight? He was out of Jackson Wing Camp. I forget his name. Tell me if you guys if you guys know who I'm talking about. Would just slam people constantly. And he has that same type of grappling to him. So... I think that Makayev, his striking's improving. I think that his hands are okay. Um, it's his striking defense, and defense is a lost art, and you, we see it all the time. What separates skill levels within these divisions? It's how are they defensively? It's one thing to be offensive, and it's great when you're the hammer, but how are you when you're the nail in a situation like this? Can you deal with pressure? Can you deal with you know avoiding shots and defending takedowns and all of that? And that's the hardest thing to, to really improve upon. So I think that Makayev has room to grow. I don't think that he's like this next Khabib Nurmagomedov. I don't think so. I don't think he's the next Hamzat Shemaev. I think that he is going to be top 10 material in a, in a division that is always looking for, for talent. But I think that it, it should be a, a slower burn, you know, as, as he starts to develop, because I do think that there are some green spots to his game. But I just don't know if Cody Durden, outside of being around one guy with like, some good takedowns himself. I just don't know if he's at this level, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, he had, he kind of outperformed in that Chris Gutierrez fight. Um, good, strong, strong grappling. He has good ground and pound when he chooses to. 
Uh, I just feel like he could be a step behind in a situation like this against Mikhaev. So give me, give me Mikhaev. I definitely would not even be surprised to see him submit Cody Durden, to be honest. So I think that Mikhaev is a, is a nice spot here at 9,100. Now, before we get into our straight-up plays, not DFS related, I want to talk a little about the Awesome Hall of Fame. Of course, you know, you got to be doing is rocking that awesome avatar on your DFS profile. If you don't have it, just go to awesome.com slash avatar. And when you place in the top three of the contest with over 5,000 contestants, tweet your wins to at awesome H-O-F. And our guy, Dave, very first one up here in the Awesome Hall of Fame, taking down first place in the PJ contest over there on DraftKings, winning $1,000 also. Uh, Jesus taking down a contest over there in on FanDuel. Carlos taking down a contest over there. NBA taking down $1,000 there over on FanDuel. Congratulations, Carlos, for the win there. There you see Dave's win there uh, in the PGA contest. Also, I uh, mentioned about Jesus getting a win there as well. Jacob taking down first place in an NBA contest, a five-leg parlay with Jay taking down there, turning $10 into $734. Kudos to you. Also, Joseph taking down first place in an NBA contest. So be sure uh, to rock that awesome avatar. As uh, you know, sometimes I see people, you know, get in the chats. They, they find themselves in the same contest. I mean, they start talking a little trash. Yeah, it's all good. It's all yeah. good. It's all good. You know, it's all good. You know, you, you know, I love those, those $50 cash contests. I like to get into. So, uh, of course, I love to see his winning screenshots on Saturday, uh, early afternoon, by the way, one o'clock start time uh, here on the East coast for UFC London main card, 4 PM Eastern time. So let's get into our straight up picks. I don't even ask who you like in the main event. Cause I think we all know who your pick is. Aspinall baby. I will go Tom Aspinall as well. Co-main event, I will take Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen. Uh, I'll go Patty Pimblett against Vargas. I think this is a setup fight. Pimblett. Uh, I will go Gunnar Nelson. You know, do, do have a little bit of concern there. Gunnar Nelson. I do not like it, though. Uh, I'll go with my first underdog in Louina Carolina. Carolina. Uh, Taporia. That's my most confident play. Taporia. I will take Grundy over Amir Khani. Yep, Grundy. I will take Pavlovich over Abdurahimov. Pavlovich. I just think we're going to go a little different here. Give me Nikita Krylov. Okay, I'll go Paul Craig. Uh, I will take Timur Valiev against Jack Shore. Valiev. Uh, McKenna, I'll take Corey McKenna. McKenna. And then I like uh, Mokayev in the opening fight of the night. Mokayev as well. I wish that I liked more underdogs, man, but I don't know. Some fights, some, some fight cards, you just can't force it, right? You just got to. Go with your reads, and that's kind of how I'm feeling. Hopefully, we don't have any any mishaps on the scale or whatnot, but that is where I'm at right now. Yeah. Uh, Samuel, appreciate you in the super chat with his usual questions. Top two cast, GVPs, underdogs, favorite inside distance, top leverage plays, top fades, and part of the optimal lineup. So let's start top two cash and top two GPPs. Uh, for me, Tapori is it goes in that list on, on both of those. Um, and then the second one, my number two, I would go with. I'm going to Aspinall just because of the salary. Yeah, I'd probably agree with you there. Um, in terms of underdogs, uh, to me, uh, Louina Carolina is, is someone I'm looking at. Um, but I also think there's other underdogs that I want to take stabs on. If I was going to label out my number two underdog on this card, um, probably Paul Craig. Yeah, I'm right there. That's Carolina and Craig for me. Who is your third? If you if you had to put a third, God, I hate to say it, Pavlich. No, um, 
Uh, Durahimov, you mean? Oh, no, oh, oh, oh Underdog. I thought, yeah, oh, Underdog. Uh, underdog? Um, probably Arnold Allen, 8,000. Going against 8,200. That is such a cop-out, but yes, you're right. That is such a cop-out. That is not even a... If, if I was going to go somewhere under 8,000? Yeah. That's the tricky part. That's what I'm saying, might, right? Yeah. Um, probably Jack Cash, Shore, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Jack Shore, probably a good one there. Yeah. Uh, favorite inside the distance fights? Um, Pimwit Vargas, Nelson Sato, Taporia Herbert would be my top three. Pavlich, Abdurahimov, um, Pimwit Vargas, and uh, Krylov and Craig. That just seems like crazy. Top leverage play for me, Timur Valiev. Interesting. I would agree with that. So people are going to be on Jack Shore. I think you, you can find an edge there with them. Uh, part of the optimal lineup uh, main event, I think, is, is clearly one. Um, and then I would look at Pavlish Abdurhimov mm-hmm. and uh, Pimblet Vargas. I don't hate either one of those, buddy. And his over under seven and a half. I don't think it's a bad number. Sam is twelve fights. I'm still saying less. I yeah, I'd probably go under if you if it was if it was six and a half, I might go over. Yeah, I think that he's he's getting better. He's getting better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely getting better here. Of course, coming up uh, next year. On Osmo is the NHL strategy show. So keep it locked here to Osmo's YouTube channel. Of course, if you're not subscribed to Osmo, be sure to do that. Of course, hit a thumbs up button as the shows go on. If you're watching the show after a fact, leave a comment in the comments section. Myself or Pete, we will get back to you. So that is going to do it for this edition of the Osmo MMA strategy show. Big thanks to our sponsor, Prize Picks. And we will talk to you on Saturday for Live Before Lock at 12 p.m. each time. Have a good day, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.